Welcome to the Nourishing Place podcast. My name is Kelly Newton. I'm an intuitive spiritual guide on a mission to support the collective in reconnecting with spirit, healing from the inside out, and bridging the gap between the spiritual and physical realms. I will be bringing you interviews, tools, chats, and resources designed to empower you as you expand into who you truly are. I am so excited and grateful that you tuned in today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about sales and marketing. Yasmin, the lead researcher and head story coach at the Sales Story Method, joins me on this episode, and we dive into why we have a hard time charging, helping our clients solve problems, worthiness within selling, the power of speaking your truth, investing in ourselves, and release work in entrepreneurship. I loved hearing her perspective and experience within the world of sales and business. I know some might feel that sales and marketing are dirty words, but we are here to tell you that you can learn to love sales and the truth about sales. Yes Mean enables leaders to connect, stand out, and sell their ideas with ease, all while inspiring their team, attracting more clients, and growing their businesses and careers. For the past decade, she has been helping senior leaders and sales teams in over 75 Fortune 500 companies and governments learn how to share persuasive stories that sell. The topic of money and getting paid for our contributions, time and energy, is one I'm really passionate about. I want to talk more about money. I want this to be out there. And I see many people, especially in the spiritual community, undercharging or not even charging at all. And what I see is that that leads to burnout. I am really passionate about energy exchange, and all money is truly is energy. I'm really excited for you to hop into this episode and hear Yasmin's perspective and our ideas as we travel down this seemingly like really taboo topic, but it really doesn't have to be. Hi, Yasmin. Welcome on. I'm so excited to talk about sales with you. I'm so excited to be here as well. Well, I know that your business, you have created the sales story method and you help business owners learn to love selling. And I just love this topic because there is a lot of misconceptions about it. So I would love to start with like, can you define sales as you see it? So within that, I think it's also taking a step back and looking at what is a business. And for me, a business, if you get to the fundamentals of a business, it's actually a human interaction. It's like you saying, hey, I have this problem. And me saying, hey, I have a solution. And you saying this problem is worth X and I say the solution is worth X, right? So essentially we're having a bit of a chat and we're going to see like, actually, what is your problem? And we can have an exchange. And I think the, the premise of what a sale is, is getting clear to the fact that as human beings, um, we are driven by loss, right? So you look at the psychology of it, we have like a loss aversion bias. So we are always buying solutions that solve our pain points, our dreads. Yes. And if we understand that, it's like not a bad thing. Like when you go into like a fast food joint, like whether you go into a drive-thru, go to a Starbucks, you are having a dread of needing to have a caffeine kick. When you're paying for the Starbucks coffee, you're not thinking like, oh yeah, I'm being sold to. You're just thinking, I have a problem. I have a dread. And this is giving me a solution. And I think what happens when it comes to like women like us, which are quite heart-centered, where the issues lie is we start to add in layers of worth into this whole conversation. Mm. And instead of saying that actually, like, I don't feel worthy of asking for money, we say, I hate sales because that makes us feel safer and better. 
and avoid the fact that it's just a human to human interaction where we buy things because there are some pain points that we want to get rid of. And the person who comes and tells us, hey, I can solve a pain point for us, we pay them. And yes. we're happy to pay them. Because like, if you look at your credit card bills, you are happy to pay most people for what you spend money on. Right. Yeah, I love that because I do. I've heard it from a lot of business owners, like, well, not even just the sales there. Even some of them are even like just afraid of charging, right, for their services. And part of that I do think comes from this fear of marketing themselves, this fear of putting themselves out there and selling. And like, is it even, yeah, are they worthy enough of charging for their expertise, for their unique perspective and experience? So I love that that's what you're doing. (laughs) I think a point of that that I want to kind of bring up that was so important for me in my journey is in my first job, in my first um, career, my take-home pay was $36,000, right? So when I started a business, I thought all I could make was what the market told me I was worth. So my first year in business, I made $30,000. Why? Because I assumed that (laughs) when I started my business, that that was the price that I was worth. And I realized that that $3,000 included like some software, included some things that I, I paid extra, which in a company was already included, but I didn't see it. I just saw my take home. I didn't see the company's profit margin. I just saw what Yasmin takes back. But when you become when we become business owners, we need to realize that we are deciding to create in the world solutions to people's problems. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're creating endless amount of money that come our way because the bigger the problem it is, the more someone is willing to pay you. So when you first meet with like a client or a business, like what is the first thing you tell them when it comes to like learning to love sales, like leaning into that? Because I'm assuming most people that come to you don't love sales. And so how do they, do most people know their client's biggest problem or biggest pain point? So most people know, but instead of talking about that pain point they start to like water it down and become very vanilla because if I make it open to everyone maybe someone will love and accept me but the reality is in our sales journey there's actually different stages I look at it as three different stages of our journey the first level is when we're selling it isn't really about our customer or their pain point it's really our pain point that we're talking about So when I speak to a customer, I'm not talking about, I care about what Kelly needs. I'm thinking about what the fact that like, am I, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Will someone pay for this? Will someone, you know, like go somewhere else because it's too expensive. You're having this whole chat in your head that oftentimes at the very beginning, we're not even hearing the customer because you're, you're in this level of like shit, shit, shit. And that's the hardest part because it's really like counterintuitive in a sense to like listen to someone's problem because in the end we're like thinking, uh, and then the second chapter, the second stage in a sales journey is when we start to get to this place where we start to realize, Hey, this is actually really valuable for my customer, right? If Kelly buys my, uh, unicorn rainbow hair ties, I don't know. I'm making this up right now. <laughs> she's going to be really happy. And she's going to feel like she's a unicorn, right? And then the final level of selling is when people become masters because they don't have an attachment to the response. It's like, if I can help, 
you know, Kelly, I can help Kelly. If I can't, it's okay. I can recommend her on where she can go next, or I can tell her that I cannot help her. And that's like the ultimate level when we realize actually it's, you only want to sell to people who are actually qualified to have that problem solved. And not everybody is the right customer for us. Right. And sometimes that's... at the very beginning, we want to say yes to everyone because we want everyone to like us and love us. But it, it doesn't what business is. Business is really about solving problems. Right. And, and I love it because, well, just thinking about discernment, you know, like that, I think that discernment piece is so important, like when working with clients and who we're selling to. And I'm also realizing that it's pouring down rain outside. So probably all the <laughs> listeners can hear that now. This was a funny day too. It's like hardly ever rains, but <laughs> you can hear the rain, you know, it's a nice ambiance. It's a vibe. Um, washing away yeah. all your fears about sales. Beautiful. <laughs> well, and okay, you know what? Kind of on that same line, though, I know some people, some clients who are like, oh, I don't like how they sell or like they're too pushy with their sales or like they're almost like reverting inwards, like away from anything coming towards them. What do you think yeah. about that? So for me, the key thing is if you're committed to helping your customer solve the problem, it is not even an option is your duty to help them shift perspectives because the example that you gave me is someone who's like reverting or being pushed away is because they're holding some limiting stories that are holding them back from solving that problem. And sometimes we, we don't, we don't realize that when someone's saying no to us, it's not about us. They're saying mostly yep. no to themselves. Yeah. Right? Yep. 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 Now, as someone who is honoring the solving of the problem, our role is to help them see the problem differently and to hold their hand to show them, hey, there's a better way. There's a better way to where you want to go. And I want to help you if I'm the right fit. This is the, the, exactly. the caveat. I'm yes. the right fit. <laughs> if because it's a, oh, yes. Please run away. Like, please say, hey, I cannot yeah. help. Like, I have someone out to me like this week on Monday. And I was just like thinking about it. I was like, Really, she's not my dream customer. Like, it would be great, yep. you know, but like, she's not. And if I had said yes, I, I, I would have like a hard time doing the whole thing. And that, now, obviously, like I've sold lots of different things. I can say that, but it's about honoring the fact that like, I know exactly who I want to serve and I know how I want to serve them. And it's about attracting them to us and then working with them, essentially. Right. Well, okay. This is kind of a personal question um, I that I would like to know is how did you first fall in love with selling and marketing your offers? Um, this is actually such a beautiful thing because um, I had a coach a long, long time ago and I was having massive imposter complex as everyone who goes through business goes through. It is, it's a stage. Yes. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it is. Like, like how it is. And she's like, do your clients tell you nice things? And I'm like, yeah, I got emails all the time. I get messages. I'm just, she's like, screenshot them. I said, what? She's like, screenshot them. Make a folder on your, your Gmail and your desktop, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to do, and call it the love file. And she's like, you have to realize that the problem you're solving, you need to fall in love with that problem so much and commit to being the very best solving that very problem. And once you to see like some of my clients, they're like, one of my first clients ever, he was an artist. He did think it was possible to sell his paintings. 
And he sold his first paintings, like he's, he's from Spain, for 35 euros, right? The mathematics was off. Doesn't make a difference. Yes. But for me, the first sale is the most important sale because it shows us that a stranger will give us money, right? I don't care what the price yes. of the dollar is. It's like someone has given you money. So therefore it is very important. Then we fast forward and we look at like him today. I saw him like maybe two months ago and he sold a painting for 8,000 euros. And he sells lots of them a year, right? And I'm like tearing up thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get an email from you when you get a painting sold for 35,000 euros, right? <laughs> so I think essentially what the, for me, when I started to realize like these things were happening, I started to realize if I am committed to solving this problem and I have a background in child psychology and a background in communication, it's like, if I can solve it from my unique perspective and how people see it differently, then I sh why wouldn't I love it? You know, why would it make a difference for somebody's life? Why wouldn't I be speaking like all the time about it? Because it's something that's important. It is. No, it's really, really important. And I love that story. I love that whole entire thing because it is so cool to look back at our clients and see even just like their growth. And it and I love the love folder too, because I totally like whenever anyone like messaged me something, I'm like screenshotting it, saving it. Cause it, especially in those times where it's like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and especially during, especially during that stage, that imposter stage, it's like, oh, look at all these messages people send me. I'm helping people even just by doing this, you know, and by speaking my truth. And I think that is a huge part of it too, is just speaking our truth. Right. And um, that can be really uh, okay, freaking I for some to people too. Yeah. I love it. I love it. There's a quote that I screenshotted today that I want to find for you. And it, I think the guy was talking about how, um, Think about all the lives that wouldn't have been impacted if you didn't show up today. Exactly. Like, yes. I love it. Yes. It's like, if you didn't do the work that you were doing today, think of all the lives who wouldn't have changed. And I was like, oh, wow. Like that is not a joke. That's like heavy stuff, right? right? Because well, even reaching one person, that is going to ripple out. And I think that's, you know, people don't realize their impact that they yeah. can have and that they do have. Um, just by showing up and just by being them. And there's so yeah. many amazing, you know, people, sometimes people, I hear people say like, oh, this market's oversaturated. Any, I'm, you might be the same. I'm like, there's no such thing as an oversaturated market. And everyone's speaking with their own perspective, their own thing that's going to speak to someone else, even on like a vibrational level. And so I love that people have different offers. And, you know, I, I even like learning similar things from different people because they all teach it differently. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, why do you think that people have a fear of charging for their services or just like this bad taste in their mouth when it comes to like marketing their offers? Well, there, I think there's two levels to that question. Uh, and the first level of it is we have to look at basic human fears. And the two human fears that we're all driven by is the fear of not being loved and the fear of not being enough, right? So when we put ourselves out there we are being susceptible to someone potentially saying, hey, Kelly, I didn't want, like this. And that's not just on a level of trigger, it's a level of deep trigger that makes us feel like we're not, we're not worthy of being in this world. Mm. So that's a one component of it. Second component of it is that a lot of people do not have clear enough offers. Mm. And what they're doing is they're playing their business like the stock market. And what I mean by that, trying to diversify their offers, is like, I do this and this and this, 
And it's like, it is really hard to own a space unless you decide to choose a space and make an offer around the space. Like my highest paying offer, I have sold it over 25 times. As a team, we have done that offer over and over and over again. Right, yes. I'm so convinced by the results. It is very hard to move that 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 doubt in me anymore, right? right? But when we're not having clear enough offers and we're going ahead and we're making a new offer to a new audience, instead of seeing why didn't it work, you know, what was happening, then that lowers the level of conviction we have in our offer and therefore impacts how comfortable we are selling it. And that's where we play the other game of like, well, I don't actually know how to sell, but I think like for me, like I see people who are like, oh, I, I like, I don't need to know how to sell. It's like, okay. Like you don't know how to swim, swim in the, the sea, I ride a bicycle. Like if it was so natural, then like we wouldn't have to cost for anything, right? So I think that's the second level, which most people don't want to like work on because they're worried about not feeling good enough and not being loved. Okay. I love that. So then once you break through that, basically you step into your own personal power and your own self-love and you cultivate all that. Um, then you can start the second tier, which is then kind of figuring out what offers you want to stay with. Cause okay. So I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. People create offers and then maybe it doesn't sell. So then they create a new offer and then they maybe create another offer, another offer, instead of just kind of like tweaking the offer that they have and that they want to sell. Am I hearing that yeah. correctly? And then they go, they even also go to like new markets. It's like, for example, like I ran a workshop uh, last week and the guy was like, showed me his website. And I'm like, so what are you selling? And, and, and what is the problem you're solving? And he was solving like 30 problems for 30 oh. audiences. <laughs> and that's what happens when we, we enter the shiny object syndrome of like going here, going there, going there, and then wondering why it's not working. It's not working because like we haven't chosen one and we haven't actually learned what to do because when it comes to like getting a clear offer, there's a couple of components to it that we have to look at. But if we don't learn those things and we go into making new ones or go after the next shiny object course, then no matter what, you still haven't learned the foundational thing of all a sales is, is solving a problem for someone on the most basic level. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love what you do. I think it's so fascinating. Um, <laughs> like, cause I love, you make it sound like so clear and concise, like this is the level, this is the, you know, and this is how we do it. And then you have to make it clear. And well, how do you make it clear? You know, it's just, it's really fascinating. I love it. Well, okay, this is kind of another personal question too, because, you know, I'm, it's very heart-centered, manifestation, spirituality, we kind of met, you know, through manifestation, um, yeah. not kind of, uh, but do you bring manifestation and spirituality into your business? Yeah, 100%. Because it's really about, the first, for me, like manifestation, the first thing is honoring what you actually desire, right? And I really believe the desire that we have, our, our destiny, but if we don't honor it in terms of what it is, it's it's really hard to attract it. And I was telling you before this call, like I, I had set some really big goals this year and it's crazy. It's like literally February 9th. And like, I actually had, I cried twice this week because I was so happy. And that, <laughs> that's beautiful. You're like, were you sad? I'm like, no, I'm just like so grateful. It's like so good, like so good. Um, So for me, it's like, tapping into that level of clarity 
And because of my child therapy background is like letting go and surrounding some of our old unwanted beliefs, um, how we label ourselves that are not serving us the next chapter and using that to help move forward. Within like, do you, with manifestation and spirituality, do you have like, is that more like personal practice for you or do you bring that to your clients too? I bring it to my clients, my with, with my team, and we plan quarterly. We do it in our team. Um, even when we're doing our planning, we always ask the question for like the next quarter or the next year, like what do we have to let go of? Like it's like levels of yes, love it. levels of how we do things. Um, I really like I, I use every quarter the candle and I burn the candle as I make my intention for the for the quarter. Um, and then it's just about taking parts of it on. And then also for me, like I use all kinds of modalities. I use a lot of EFT. I bring it to my clients as well. There's this guy on YouTube called Brad Yates. Swear to God. He's like my my little, like, we're like besties. But he doesn't know we're besties. This <laughs> <laughs> is like. Do you hear that, Brad? Do you hear that? I, like, we should be friends one day. I love you so much. <laughs> um. Yeah. And also like, I, I also am a bit proponent of trying different sorts of modalities for healing. So it's just also using all those things to let go of what is not serving us. And I think the more that we get back to the source of being a child with unlimited possibilities, we live more life that we're meant to live, but we just, we've been yes. programmed for a long time on some really wonky programming. Yeah. No, I love it too, because I do think that that is so much of being a business owner. And it's funny, I was talking um, about this with someone else and we were talking about how like, I'm like, man, sometimes being an entrepreneur, I mean, it brings up any little thing I need to clear. It has to come up really quickly and I have to release it really quickly because um, I'm not trying to bring that, you know, into my life and into my business. But it's it's actually a really good platform to show me the things I need to release. <laughs> and I'm constantly like learning, evaluating, releasing, learning, evaluating, releasing. And it's, it's really, it's just really funny um, how much can come up as a business owner and within this realm of sales, right? Like you are, like you're putting yourself out there and are you worthy? Are you enough of that? And like, yes, <laughs> that's just like innate. Of course you are. Um, and then it's just really fun to use all those different tools. And, you know, like you're saying, the intention setting candle and the EFT and whatever works for different people um, yeah. to release those things. And I think the, I think too, what I've seen is like, it's a path you have to stick with if you want to get the success that you're looking for. Because yeah, in the beginning of starting my business, you know, back in the day, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we grow and expand, we still have those moments of like, ah, you know, is this is the next level? Can I regulate myself to be okay with this next level? And that yeah. all ties into sales. And I love that. Yeah. Well, what is the number one advice that you would give to heart-centered business owners ready to take their business to the next level? It's not actually even linked to sales at the beginning. It's linked to sitting with your desires and getting clear what you want. Because if we have like our North Star that will pull us, that will be the guiding light to see what do I have to let go of? What does not serve me? And how can I use things to my favor to move forward? Um, and that's why like, a bit, like I, I have like a, a low ticket program called the Sales Power Hour. And within that, 
all that I'm asking everyone to think about, and I give them the questions and the, the tools to help them get not clear about it, is like, does it serve me, right? Does it serve where I want to go? And if not, we have to change, perhaps adopt some ways of doing things that will better serve your business. And sales is a process. In sales, there's three key stages. It's like the stage of, you know, generating opportunities that come our way. The second stage of it is like scheduling those opportunities. And the last one is actually closing those opportunities. And the fourth and final one is about delivering an amazing service to get more customers to come your way. So it's actually like not just like a one thing, it's multiple things that is orchestrated in a way that is so beautiful to make a customer feel like, hey, like she gets me and she can help me. And I'm so grateful to pay her because all of him will go away. Yes, 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 yes. Speak it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and I, I just love it. I love I love talking about money too, because I, I also think within this, like within the sales and marketing your businesses, there is this like fear people have uh, if they have, if they want money, even that they're bad, that there's something wrong with them to even, even be like, I want to be, you know, a multi-million dollar business owner or whatever their goals is. I want to have a hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever their goal is, because it's going to be different for everyone, but they have this belief that even wanting that, even desiring that makes them bad. So yeah, that was like one of the first beliefs that I had to get rid of, get gone. Like before I even started my business was like, no, money's great. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because like um, I run these like live workshops, right? A couple of times a year. And when I do it, I get everyone to write down the lifestyle they want to have. Right. And it's just like rent, food, transport. And what's beautiful is all the time people are saying, I always say I don't want money, but my life costs something. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So if you're having that like funky belief, you might want to go down and write down, actually, what is your lifestyle that you want to live? And it, not, it may not be that extravagant. It may just be like what you're paying right now. And it does cost money. If you want to get money to check, for example, like what's happening in Turkey and Syria, we gave money as a company today. Like that costs money. If I want to be a good, gracious, heart-centered person, it does cost money. When I want to give my barista a tip for making me a beautiful like um, tea in the morning, it does cost money. And that's the reality of the world that we live in. It's, it, it's a value exchange for people who solve big problems get paid for the problem they get to solve. Right. Well, and I love that too, because for me, I mean, I think one of the big goals is like the more I have, the more I can give, the more I can spread that money, that energy really around, right? The bigger tips I can give, the more I can invest in myself, which helps me in, invest in other people. And yeah. and I, I love that. And I, I think too, one of the other beliefs that came up, well, this is like way before, but it was like that I had to clear was that I was worthy of investing in, that I was my best investment. And so then yeah. spending money on the courses, you know, spending money on the coaches, and anything I wanted to learn, even like buying a new outfit, like that's an investment in like our energy and, and who we are. And so, you know, even just like anything, like I'm like, I buy a houseplant, that's an investment in me. It's an investment in my home. It's an investment in the energy around me, surrounding me, you know? Um, and so I it's like, that. I love looking at, yeah, like even buying a crystal, right. It's an investment in you, right. Essentially. And it's a beautiful connection with, with the earth and with, you know, spirit. So even, you know, I look at like, you know, people say, oh, bills, 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 right? I look at it as like, 
I get excited. Like I get to pay for my mortgage. That That is an expense I have, but it's where I live. It's where I heal. It's where I run my business. It's this beautiful place. It's not just like a bill I have to pay. That's like, you know, this thing. Yeah, but I, I, I had a lot of beliefs around bills and. Oh yeah. Like, I think that's makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I had a lot, I had a lot of triggers around it. And like, I'm also really grateful for that chapter. So someone's hearing this podcast and they're thinking, oh, I'm having that problem. The beautiful part is like, you can have it and you can get over it as well. And we have to also honor that stage because I am so much more compassionate to my customers because I had to overcome so many wonky beliefs that it's like so hard. I'm like, you're happy. I'm like, I totally feel you. Like, I, I cannot, I can't even lie. I'm like, I totally feel you because Same. <laughs> I had to overcome all those layers and it, it was hard. It was hard shit. Or even just like, not even with bills, but because I do feel like growing up, at least for me, it was kind of like, yeah, like bills are bills. They're in this like other category, but we never look at them as like expenses and luxuries for us. Like, what are we getting by paying this water bill? I get water straight to my home. That's a freaking miracle. Like, you know, and, and not everywhere has that. And I've been in places that don't have that water coming right to their home. I mean, that is like amazing. I will pay for that. That is an expense I'm happy to pay for. So when we kind of reframe it, but oh yeah, was it that way in the beginning? No, I definitely was not. That. <laughs> and yeah. even investing in myself, like I even buying an article of clothing for myself used to be like, oh, can I buy this? But I could go buy a gift for someone in a second, but I wasn't willing to invest that in myself. Yeah. So I love that too, because our, like we're saying, like even the pain points that we're helping people solve were once our pain points. And that's why we're so good at helping people solve them because we've been there. A hundred percent. And that's why like, also like part of the beauty of like raising your raise, part of the beauty of like selling your services is that most entrepreneurs that I work with that are heart centered. What happens is we start a business because we want to have more freedom to make an impact. But then we spend all of our time doing some boring ass admin shit that we cannot hire out for because we haven't made enough money, right? And the reality is like right now, if I look at my schedule, all of the stuff I don't want to do, I have team members to do it for me. And it makes running a business so much more fun because I'm so grateful to be able to, first of all, like pay for my team, which are supporting me to do better work. Mm-hmm. And I would not be able to do a business I have today if it was not for my team. And that's, that's just yes. the reality. Yep. That has a price tag. And that's a price tag that I'm really happy to pay every month. because. And that was really uncomfortable because in my, my first business that I had, I, I was a, a kind of like a freelancer coach and I was like totally like not into at all spending any money. And then I went and had a production agency where I was making video content for companies and all of a sudden, I went from having very little overheads to having a lot of overheads, like talking about like, like $50,000, $60,000 a month in overheads, right? I had like 11 or 12 team members. And that was so like anxiety releasing at the very beginning. But then I was like thinking like, wow, like the, the clients that we're serving, the work that we're doing is so amazing. And it wouldn't have been possible if it was the Yasmin show. Or it would have been the Kelly right. show. Like, mm-hmm. and if we want to really honor our heart-centered, we want to make a bigger impact. And that requires like us to have time to work on the areas that we are that are our gifts. And not yes. stuff that we're not gonna, right. Right. Or not even, yes, or stuff that like drains our energy and all that good stuff. So I love that because because your team is an investment in you and in your business and in okay. your future clients, even. 
you know? Yeah. And so it's, yeah. So I love that. Well, is there like anything that you would like to share that you're currently offering? I know you have different tiers or like where people can find yeah. you. So you can find me at the sales story method. Um, we're doing a bit of a revamp. <laughs> My marketing manager is like, people can't even get on the email list. I'm like, yeah, don't tell me about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but probably the best place to start if you're looking to get better at sales is we have the sales power hour. It's a seven day mini course where every day for half an hour, you get a small little video to kind of give you context and then you get to assess where things are. And within that, you even have the tracker to track your clients. You have all sorts of good things to be able to help you plan your desires because you might have a desire, but if you have no idea how to get there, like we give you like a calculator to help you see what it is like and to help you track as well more effectively. So it's a good place to start. Um, and yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking all about money and sales and business and all that good stuff. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for hopping on today. I would love to know your favorite takeaway from this episode. You can find me on Instagram at a nourishing place or let me know in your review. Community is so important to me and within a nourishing place. I would love to connect with you further. Sending you so many blessings and so much love.